You are welcome to the fourth episode of Life in a Life with Rhetoric. Let's talk about a tradition. I almost let that one out there. Happy New Year! Yes, 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 I'm sorry that it's been a couple of, you know, weeks and I totally went MIA for the New Year's and the Christmas. But I'm back and uh, we can just kick up from where we left off. Well, guess who kept her word in having a kick-ass Christmas holiday? Mm-hmm, it is I. <laughs> this, of course, is how I would categorize my experiences. Oh, family, definitely. Great food. Good rest. Gifts. And uh, outings. Oh, yeah a lot of that with the family of course it was so good much better than i actually expected it to be because honestly i thought i was going to be by myself this year and um surprisingly i was visited by some of my family members and we were able to celebrate the christmas together now before i keep on rambling about how lovely i had it I would love to, of course, extend my heart to those who weren't able to celebrate this lovely holiday with their loved ones for whatever reasons there may be. I'm sending you love and light through the tough emotions that you might have experienced and I hope at least you were able to find love in the little things because that is really where the joy lies. Speaking of little joys, let us quickly delve into the topic of the day and I find this one most appropriate because uh, it is indeed the start of a new season and I want us to be ushered into the new year in the spirit of the topic of today that is gratitude and abundance so without further ado let's talk about it Abundance, gratitude. Let's take a few seconds to think about one particular thing that we might be grateful for. Oh, wait. Okay, time's up. I know that was rather quick. You got it? Okay, good. Now, I want you to think about how that made you feel. What do I mean by that? I mean that I need you to be able to recognize the substantiality of what came to mind in the sense of surveying your emotional countenance. There's a feeling of ease, yes? Good. You know what that is? That, my darlings, is the power of gratitude at play. The energy that gratitude holds is as light as feather and as pure as spring water. And as soon as our minds connect to that energetic field, there comes this wholesome feeling of warmth and contentment, ease and rest of mind. Look, everything has a vibration and I hope you already know this. And the vibration of gratitude emanates from the same source as that of healing and abundance. 
Now, a lot of us have a distorted view of what it means to be abundant, and I would like to quickly clear that up if I may. More often than not, I find that uh, when people think or talk about the concept of abundance, they tend to identify it with the ideas of um, excess or surplus. And this is totally not out of pocket yet. The very idea of excess constitutes an entirely different meaning when we speak about abundance as a wider concept, especially at a higher level of consciousness. The society that we cohabit in at the moment, in this life to say, it has become quite obsessed with accumulating wealth and resources. And this wasn't always the case, you know. Believe it or not, there were there was a time in history where people were more communal in nature. The resources available in communities were managed in such a way that basic human needs in natural resources were made available to everyone. Yes, one could say that this was made possible because they weren't faced with the challenges of overpopulation and new other new age issues and that would absolutely suffice. Yet, I think that it was also as a result of a common sense of responsibility for one another. This is perhaps where the expression, it takes a village to train a child, emanates from because to be honest i don't see it as that applying in recent times you would agree the point being that it is best to see abundance in a more diverse form that is a divine state of mental spiritual and emotional satisfaction with oneself and ultimately with the universe and with others it is much like uh, an unwavering sense of acceptance of who one is, what one has, and I'll say an illogical trust and a sense of purpose of self, and ultimately trust in the universe. To be abundant, I think, is to be, you know, is to embody an extraordinary state of self-awareness which preserves and directs or redirects our energy to higher vibrational levels of human development and consciousness. And of course, this evidently makes it the highest form of wealth that the human consciousness could ever attain. Now, when one is in high vibrations, they attract wellness despite whatever situations they are surrounded by. It transcends material wealth, I think, because it provides a preponderance of inflow of wisdom to handle the challenges of life and it stimulates the agility to perform one's physical, mental and spiritual duties, as well as the capacity to live harmoniously with ourselves and with others. In a way, I would also assert that it is an unawareness of lack within oneself because you transcend from being triggered or 
might I say, easily seduced by the mundane. In simpler terms, a person who is abundant is innately capable of living an extraordinary life. He or she is a great, fabulous alchemist and a natural-born leader despite the realities of their physical environment, good or bad. Besides, the universe always provides for a person who's abundant. It just goes together that way. And you have things as you need them. I don't know if we have, you know, recognized the fact that sometimes your wealth can destroy you. Your wealth can destroy you when you are not abundant, when you are not in the energetic vibration of that thing that you have attracted because you wouldn't even know how to manage or handle it. That is why the saying goes, to whom much is given, much is expected. Because in accumulating wealth, much is expected of us. But now, due to certain you know, psychological problems, people just accumulate wealth through greed, you know, and then they don't know what to do with it, they just waste it and it totally destroys them. So a a person who is abundant is able to live in wealth, but not be ruled by it, if that makes sense to you. Now, more often than not, we as humans are stuck in this, I would say, a maze of desire. What I mean by that is that we tend to always have something in mind to chase after. And when we get it, we simply move on to the next thing to desire. Some people may think that this is, you know, an absolute natural functioning of the human mind. And they aren't wrong. Yet, I think that it has more to do with um, a perpetrated um, functioning of societal programming. I believe it to be a mental, emotional, and physical programming made possible by certain socio-political and economical classist gender, hence the issue of capitalism, consumerism, and other new age issues. I think that a lot of us deny ourselves of the energy of abundance simply by the distorted, or might I say, the narrow-minded ways at which we choose to view and to understand life. This has eventually caused us to develop a poor relationship with a perceived negative side of life, which in truth isn't good nor bad, just as the the perceived positive side of life isn't good nor bad. But this exponentially exists to enrich the human experience. Now, without judgment, I'll say this. Most of us are slaves to our desires, which I think stems from the perceived pleasures of life or our subjective perceived pleasures of life. Besides man's tendencies to do so, I think that this is primarily as a result of our society or social programming, as I mentioned earlier. We are often taught that good is reserved for anything that appeals to the human senses and bad stands contrast to that. And this kind of creates a form of unhealthy disassociation with life's natural flow. I always say to myself, I am a friend of failure as much as I am to winning. 
a friender to disappointment as to assurance, a light, or a being of light and of darkness. I am everything and nothing existing at the same time. Now, this story will crack you up. Is it a story? No? Okay. I will just tell you about it. This year, I actually began a new practice that you might find quite strange. So, I decided to romanticize my life experiences, good or bad. I mean, I already do that in my moments of bliss, which comes quite along more often than not often. Now, I've simply taken to do the same with my moments or in my moments of sadness. And trust me, I go all the way. (laughs) This is so embarrassing. Okay, I'll tell you the ways that I do that. I mean, I set a whole mood for it, okay? Candles, slip into some gothic attire if possible. I also set mood with um, maybe some melancholy music. and Oh, I am out of my mind. Just like you see in the movies, really. Sometimes I cry, sometimes I don't. It all depends on the nature of sadness I'm experiencing. You know, you all know that I love the idea of crying because I see it as releasing energy, unwanted energy, used up energy, pensive energy. So, I think in a beautiful, twisted way, I'm learning how to enjoy every spectrum of emotional vibrations available to the human disposition including rage i've been so uncomfortable expressing rage and now i'm learning how to without losing myself without exploding you know what i mean i diverse i diverse i'm learning generally to be kind and loving and accepting of myself in every way possible and I am making friends with who I am in all facets of my life. (sighs) It's been a fantastic experience but I still have some time to go with that so I'll keep you updated on how that goes. (laughs) Look, we must always remind ourselves that uh, We cannot fight what is, okay? We need to learn how to let go and let leave. That is actually my motto for the year. Through my spiritual awakening, I learned a rather harsh truth of myself. And it is private, but of course I'll share it with you because you're all so lovely. (laughs) So, I learned that in my unique way, I have tendencies to control the outcome of situations by being overtly generous i couldn't really see that in the past but now of course i do i've always seen myself as a victim because i found myself constantly stuck in cycles of overextending myself to people and more often than not at my detriment and i would say to myself loretta you're so kind and you always have the right intentions and all that But it took me going through a spiritual awakening to realize where that was coming from because it's not natural to abandon oneself, you know, in order to please others. When you do this, you must realize that you have issues with self-love. Abandoning yourself to be there for others at all costs is a people-pleasing mechanism, I think, and that would definitely have you in situations where you always feel like a victim to others because people 
would keep on taking if you keep giving. And there is nothing bad in giving. I love giving, but I also love to receive. And I realized that I didn't quite know how to receive because I was so invested in pointing to people's cups. Anyways, and that definitely impeded my growth as a divine being. So you can't get mad at the sun for rising at dawn and the night for casting its shadows at its due time. Why would you want to leak energy on what is out of your control? Ask yourself. Now in recognizing this, I've also taken cognition of how susceptible humans are to becoming slaves to our desires as I mentioned earlier. It is so easy to become fully dependent on our human senses, repressing or simply disregarding our intuition. And then we get frustrated when faced with certain challenges simply because we are incapable of welcoming the energies that are responsible for grounding us and granting us the foresight in creating solutions to our said problems. As I rightly mentioned in one of my previous podcast episodes, life works in polarity good holds no meaning without bad and light also without darkness the ways that we choose to view the situations we find ourselves in life simply accounts for our growth as human beings if i were asked to be given the gift of abundance of the or the experience of complete lack of problems i certainly would choose abundance and Many would think, why would you want to do that? The truth is, humans are quite complex in nature. The very things that we hate, we kind of also love. And at a subconscious level, we could easily observe that our wants and our desires could never be satiated. We need to experience, you know, excitement. We need something to live for. We need to keep going. We need problems. We need to use our minds to solve issues. Um, I think about a Greek mythology that says the gods are jealous of us. That is human beings. And why they say that is because the gods in the sense are viewed as superior beings who are above the idea of problems. That is, they just are. They cannot cease to not exist. And that in itself, if you think about it as a philosopher, is an issue. It's like the conundrum or the conflict of living forever. Why the idea of living seems quite pleasant. When you think about doing this thing forever, I don't know. It, it, yeah, that's where the contrast of life is. You think you want something and then you want it or you get it and you don't want what you get. It's just, it's a conflict. So we have to always be stable in order to stay in the moment and appreciate what we have and enjoy it. And when what is for us come to us, we are able to have the capacity to embrace it and to feel worthy of it, basically. So... It is no surprise that as human beings, due to this conflict, the more that we desire, the more that we desire. There is no destination to our desires. And I'm not saying that that is a problem. I'm only giving us a better soothing, I say, mindset in which we can experience a rich life despite the preponderance of desires that we might be prompted to have, good or bad. 
Now, another way to manage our desires is by trying to become introspective of them. We do so, I think, by asking the necessary why questions. Why do I need this? And we have to be absolutely honest with ourselves. When we do so, we are able to assess the situations with a clear mind and also identify the innate lack that prompts this outward desires. More often than not, we find that our tangible desires emanates from a sense of lack in the intangibles, which is actually where or what should be catered to. For example, a person who might desperately desire to be in the company of people at all times or be in relationships simply may feel that way as a result of a form of void that they feel within themselves, which makes them incapable of you know, sitting within themselves or being by themselves. So they run away from themselves and always desire the, the, the intimacy of others. And I don't even call it intimacy. They just cannot be by themselves. It's a thing. Or in the other aspect of it is a person who might always crave isolation, especially to a detrimental extent, as this can be birthed as a result of fears fears such as that of intimacy or some underlying trust issue that they need to address or resolve. As humans, we need adventure, as I said, and we also need the freedom to experience life in order to think it's worthy or worth living. Plus, we do not only live for ourselves. You find that a lot of our sense of wellness, peace and fulfillment comes from the connections that we build and have with others. One would easily feel alienated if they are unable to experience life as others do. So therefore, I think that it's critical that we are observant of the numerous ways in which we may be filling up the lack that we feel within ourselves. Now, what connects gratitude to abundance is quite clear, I think. These are matching energies. One cannot feel grat- gratitude or grateful, no matter how much they have, if they do not feel abundant within themselves. Gratitude, I think, says, I'm here in this present moment, experiencing all that I'm meant to experience. And abundance says, I am provided for and I am all that I need to be right now in order to become all that I should and can be. Now, make no mistakes. This is not exempt one to desire the good things of life. Absolutely not. I myself love the good things of life and I think you do as well. But I think what this does is that it enables us to recognize that we already are experiencing the good things of life. Naturally, human beings have, as I said, an insatiable need for new. We simply cannot be satisfied. And the more that we engage in the chase for all that we perceive will bring us happiness. We simply become reckless and abandon the little things that actually mean everything. We do not stay in the presence and we just miss out. So the very thing that we fear, which is fear of missing out by chasing our perceived desires we actually miss out on in my experience i'll totally advise that we make friends with um, people of advanced age rich or poor and why do you do you think that i you know would say that we do this this is why i think that um advanced age people have a wealth of experience that can bring us a whole lot of value especially people who have spent most of their lives chasing material gains 
I found that the feedback is often quite the same. They live in pain and regret. And more often, to my surprise, people who have just enough to cater to their needs while they were younger often seemed happier and more fulfilled at their advanced age. I recognized that despite the amount of quality of experience and quotes that the rich were able to afford, most seemed to feel um, a huge void within themselves. And this often is generated from their loss of sight of taking part in experiences with the things that actually matter. Here's what I think. Gratitude is a catalyst for abundance and abundance a magnet to wealth and power. A person who is abundant stands out from the crowd in such a way that naturally attracts quality. Look at it this way. The concerns of a king are in the same as the concerns of, for lack of a better word, the common man. Usually, kings easily are preoccupied with issues relating to management and leadership, and the common man simply seeks to provide for themselves and their loved ones on a basic level, you know. So when a king or a queen is met with, a, in quote, a common man who embodies foresight and wisdom, he or she is considered valuable at all costs because they bring to the table what they themselves often feel deficit of. So by value, you can say that the common man in question holds the value of a true king. I have friends who would sometimes say to me, Loretta, you're such a hard worker. And I quickly say to them, no, I'm not. In fact, sometimes I consider myself to be quite slothful, you know, lazy. I'm not in any way a hard worker, I say. And I think that I am a soft worker. And what's the difference between that? The difference being a hard worker works in the spirit of burden and strain, I think and desperation and need you know and a soft worker works in wellness of passion and interest and creativity and flow i can do what i do for free okay and this is because it comes second nature to me i absolutely love doing this i, I love speaking to people and inspiring people i love writing i love dancing i love singing i love acting i love pouring knowledge and receiving knowledge you know and so to put in the time and the energy required to generate progress in all of the things that i do comes quite easy without force or you know any cause for self-depreciation but rather it stimulates from creativity and excitement and this i think is how you become a master at what you do where the challenge i think lies is being motivated enough to sort out the markets and the opportunities that have a need for the value that we are able to create. I absolutely would encourage everyone to relax into the spirit of gratitude in order to be directed to, you know, the efforts of people or things or situations, uh, places that, you know, need us or can add value to our lives and enrich our lives as human beings in all aspects of our endeavors so i hope that i've been able to kind of bring you a bit of uh, value <laughs> remember we're all valuable by being 
just by being. And there is absolutely nothing that we truly need that we cannot create for ourselves when our mind and our spirits and our body are aligned. I haven't poured out this sufficient amount of love to you today. We've come to the end of this episode of Life in a Life with Red to Rich. Let's talk about it edition. I wish you all an abundant life, one that is filled with love and peace and contentment, gratitude, abundance and strength to actualize your dreams. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me. Happy New Year once again. Do enjoy the rest of your awesome day. Love and light, always. Bye-bye.